0: Okay, come and see Fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is the month of November. And we're talking about how the church grows in this year. Come and see XYZ, it's been the theme for the year. This one for the month, come and see the Fruit of the Spirit. I want to talk to you about what I saw as something fresh for me in Galatians chapter 5 during the week. But God is in the business of building his church. Jesus said in Matthew 16, I will build my church. And it's up to him what he does and how he assembles what he does. And so to that effect, um, we announced that uh, equipment on Wednesday night is gone. And we thought it would be great to say it in our Sunday services week, so everyone's on the same page, that we have been looking at and uh, responding to a couple of prophetic words that Pastor Phil and Pastor John Pierce spoke over, Julie and myself, at National Conference back at the beginning of September which from our point of view were confirmation type of words, God just reaffirming what had already been put in our hearts. Long story short with that, we are going to be starting a new location service from this church in 2019, most likely in Parkside, down in uh, the inner south suburbs, in that precinct, around Unley Road, Greenhill Road, Osmond Road, Crossroads. So when we are in that area in there, we feel like God's laid in our heart to just put our foot down John Pierce had a picture of a, um, what do we call it, a flying fox from Mount Lofty Summit going down into that part of the city and says, that's where it's meant to be, that's where it's meant to go. And it's like, it was quite specific what he saw, but it only confirmed what we already knew. And so we've come home a little convicted to not be, let's just say, dragging the chain on that because it's like, well, how are we going to do that? What's it going to look like? And at the same time as that, God's been laying some foundations in other people in our church and so we announced on Wednesday night and we're doing it this morning that Simon and Georgia are going to actually lead that location service at Parkside and start connect groups down in that part of the world from January next year, not sure what that looks like and how it's going to all work out with a view to having um, a service start down there in the second half of 2019 so it will be one church in two locations which is pretty exciting. I think we need to actually just go a little enthusiastic about that. It's very good. Um, God's been preparing their hearts for this. Uh, Otherwise, they wouldn't say yes. Like it's an amazing step of obedience and faith to say, okay, we're prepared to do that. So that's going to mean some huge changes for us. Going forward as a church, we need pretty much double everything. We've got a fantastic worship team. Well, we need two fantastic worship teams. We need a whole bunch of other things that are um, attached to that. So anyway, we'll work that out as we go. What that has also meant is, Simon and Georgia just shared, they've been running youth for quite a while, and Anna was appropriately uh, celebrated this morning for her amazing effort with the worship side of that over the time. But she and Shane have been uh, walking alongside Simon and Georgia diligently over the years as assistants in the youth area and they have felt God just tap them through conversation to say yes to taking on the lead of the youth area of our church from next year so we need to acknowledge that's an awesome thing so God's that's pretty neat so there's a little bit of hand, ball, bat and change, however you like to describe it. Some changes there and uh, we are really excited. Some people might ask us like, well, don't you have a, a vision for it to be church in the Adelaide Hills? And Pastor Phil said something, I think in the European Conference that helped me words-wise to say what we, how I respond to that. And that is this, that we started out with what we knew, what we knew in Nairn in 1995 as a great Christian city church in the Adelaide Hills and it's like vision in my point of view is something that's is a focused perspective of something um, but I've realized with the passage of time that God is a little bit sneaky because if he showed it, if he showed you the whole picture you'd go "Nah." so he, sh- he showed you enough of the picture to get your interest called curiosity oh I could probably oh we could probably start a church. Guys, just listen up on this. It's like God's, God's already been stealthy. It's like, oh, we could do that. Yeah, we can do that. But then as time goes by, the aperture of the, the thing opens up and you see, see more and more of the picture. And so it's not a change of direction. It's just that the picture that God's got for us, every one of us in this room, is way bigger than what we currently know about. And so it's not a change of vision or a change of direction or a change of anything. It's just God enlarging the capacity of this church to influence and grow on planet Earth. So one step down Parkside, who knows, in the next 10 years, we might start two other locations somewhere else, either in this city or somewhere else. It's like, I'm not close to that. And it's not a change of direction. It's just clarity on and having the capacity personally as a senior pastors, but us as a congregation to go, you know what? This is awesome. We can do this. Let's go for it. And so uh, we're really excited, and so please, now that you do know, um, join with us in praying for Simon and Georgia. They're going to need a lot of prayer support, uh, breaking new ground in any location for the kingdom of God's, not for the faint-hearted. and I know these guys have got the faith they need, but they need to know that we're behind them. It's not like we say, okay guys, you're on your own, see you later. It's like, okay guys, we've got your, we've got your back covered, we're going to support you, we're going to do what we can to help, etc., etc. So it'll be great, won't it? I think it's pretty exciting days for us. Um, Here's me thinking we might just cruise into retirement and slowly set into the sunset. No, God's not got it like that at all. All right, I digress. So, a little. But it's connected to what I want to say this morning. We're in Galatians chapter 5. We're looking at the fruit of the Spirit. And I've got a word that I want to demonstrate at the end of this message uh, with a practical sense of how we can do this. So, let me start at verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, that's all of us, We're called to be free. That's what the Bible says to you and to me. We we are called to be free. Free from all sorts. What sort of things are we called to be free from? And Paul, typical in the way he writes, he makes a statement like that and then unpacks what he actually is referring to. And so he goes on, Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled by keeping this commandment. There's one command love your neighbour as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you'll be destroyed by each other. As I read that, preparing this message this morning, I realised that, um, and he goes on to unpack what is related to the flesh, what are the acts of the flesh, he goes on to say further down. And you will have read that, I'm sure, if you're a Bible reader and perhaps for yourself, looked at that list and wondered, okay, well, I'm not into most of those things, uh, if not all of them. So, like, what's he talking about? And to some extent, when I read that list, so down in verse uh, 19, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, (laughs) jealousy, fits of rage. That's a fairly lumpy list of very negative attributes of humanity. And for most of them, I'd go, tick off, tick off, tick off, I don't have, that's not an issue for me. But it is an issue for me when I delve more deeply into what he's talking about and the, it's a fairly well-known term in the New Testament, the flesh. And uh, so I've substituted that in my thinking and I'll, I want to read this again, not with the word the flesh, but with self-interest as a replacement thought here. So going back up to verse 13, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, so, but don't use your freedom to indulge self-interest. So self-interest is the flesh. It's like it's all about me. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled by keeping this one command, love your neighbour, etc., as I read before. So if you, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you'll not gratify the desires of self-interest. For self-interest desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to self-interest. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not under, not to do whatever you want, If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. So the acts of self-interest are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, except for the list I just read, goes through drunkenness, orgies, the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified self-indulgence, With its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, then let us keep in step with the Spirit, let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. I've read that scripture many, many times, probably highlighted Galatians five twenty two. Many, many times in my life, the nine fruits of the Spirit. Went through a stage where I could remember them off the top of my head, and I probably could if I stopped and think for a minute, but at the moment I'm not going to make a mug of myself by having a crack at that. Um, But there's nine fruits of the Spirit, and I've always read that and thought, well, that's about fruit that's growing in me, which it is. But I felt like God's been moving me and us along a journey this year, a continuum of moving away from seeing even a scripture like that from an I and me perspective, And asking the question, what does that scripture look like if we focus on us and we? What's it look like if we take it out of the personal and make it about the community? Take it out of the first person and put it into into the third person, into a a pluralistic, like a plural view of that. And I realised that the um, self-indulgent acts listed in verse 19, sexual immorality, impurity, etc., are all based in what's in it for me. Those things are all about self-interest. They're all about me, 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 me. And it's possible to therefore go down to verse 22 and read the fruit of the Spirit and say, well, that's the bad side of life, but over here's the good side. And I've still got the me, 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 me perspective of receiving love, joy, peace, um, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control but as I meditated on that a little more during the week I realised that those attributes are all apart from the first three, um, they can stand alone in their own right but the others are all specifically about relationship so the fruit of the spirit is about us like I don't need to have kindness as a fruit if you don't exist I don't need to be patient if you don't exist and you do exist, so I do need to be patient, and vice versa. I, I don't need any of those fruits really if, I'm, if it's about me. And so Paul is reiterating, I think, what I have felt as I said, a very strong theme through 2018 in our church is that for Jesus, us is more important than me. What? What? What's what this is about for us. So we need the love of Christ growing in us as a fruit of the Spirit so that we have us. We need the joy so that we are a joy filled community. And it's what people see of our church with us individually but also collectively. So the Chris Kindle mark, for example, is a a perfect practical example of us presenting us to the community. Happy, volunteers are loving it, got a smile on our face. We're so thankful you've come, have a great time, welcome to our place. Like we have an opportunity over a weekend to really present those fruits. Gentleness. We've got to be patient. You know, we had some nitwit last year have a great big Barney with John, who we got the security in because she wanted her little Johnny, whatever his name was, to be able to climb the tree out there. And we said, so we actually don't want kids climbing our trees because it's dangerous. And she was sort of insistent that it's none of your expletive, expleting business. Uh, I want my child to climb the tree. So basically, POQ. And so we had to go and get some security. So you've just got to have the fruit of patience. You've got to be able to smile when people are abusing you. It's like, that, that's the fruit of the Spirit. And there are some people who come to the Christmas markets and are nice. That's a pleasant change. But there are other people that are just plain horrible. Most of them. Yes, of the 40,000 who came last year, I'd say there's only a few handfuls of recalcitrants. Um, anyway, I digress from that. So what am I saying? Church, be grateful that the fruits of the Spirit have got the ability to grow in you as an individual. But don't you be thinking that it, that's about you, it's about us. It's about what it is that God wants to, us to do together, building into his kingdom. In fact, he made it very clear in Matthew 16 that his His priority is this, I will build my church. That's as simple as that. Pastor Phil at Equip, we listened to our session from Pastor Phil at Equip Wednesday night. If you ask Pastor Phil what's the vision for his church, he would say, I haven't really got a vision for our church. I've got Jesus' vision, which is I will build my church. Build the church is kind of the task. And so that's what our task is. That's why we're sending um, Simon and Georgia going to another part of the city. We're going to build the church going to, in another location. We might end up building the church in a, another location. At the same time, we need to build this church. That means adding people to it, including different people from all walks of life. And so I've got a little demonstration for you this morning. I brought some Lego blocks along. Let this, this is an analogy to help you get a picture of what I'm talking about. This, this little set of blocks represents our church. And the church is made up of individuals who are not the same. Different shapes, sizes and colours, whether that's personality or skin, doesn't make a difference. It's like we're all just different. God's made us unique and these blocks have been assembled by me earlier today and put into, the, into this block wall, pretty much like 1 Corinthians 12.18 says that God positions us in the body where he wills. We often think that we're at church and doing what we do because of our choice, and that's a legitimate way to look at it, but it's not the full story. We're actually doing what we're doing because God has assembled us where he wants us. So we're not here by coincidence. We're not here by anything other than the providence of God. God's brought us together and wants us to knit together into a dwelling place for him. It describes elsewhere in scripture his church, his body that the world sees. Me on my own, I'm just a little, little block. But stuck in the wall, stuck in this house, I become part of something way greater and bigger and more influential. It's called the house of God. And so I don't know about you, but I'd hate to think that our church is just going to stay like this. So it needs to grow. So how does it grow? Well, it grows because you and I know how to sow seeds into the people that we interact with so we're going to need a little bit of help for us to grow our church here this morning need nine volunteers yes let's change the direction from the nine o'clock service I need nine people to just come out here to the front right now just nine people out of your seats quickly one, two, three, four, five six, seven three that's seven, it seven, I got perfect is that nine yes Okay, nine volunteers. I'm pretty impressed. That was a pretty good response. Very quick. Okay. Very, give me encouragement. Last week in Star had a slightly different take on this message, but used this demonstration, and I wanted to do it at home because it's so powerful. Um, I asked for 10 volunteers last week, and it took us quite a while to get past eight. We got stuck at eight or whatever it was, and it was like, come on. And my point in laboring that point with them and would be here is it's not easy to get 10 or 9 people to come out of their seat and stand in front of their friends at church. It's like a little bit unnerving. But at the same time, we're saying, well, today we're going to go out and we're going to be Christ's love to the world. Any volunteers? It's like... Yeah, okay. So we've got to have volunteers amongst friends. All right, just a little bit of a side issue there. Now, Julie is going to give you... A handful of Lego blocks. Okay, now I've picked nine people because I want you to understand something about the the fruit of the spirit. So this this is love. Go, love, joy, joy. Give give one block to one person. Everybody, just not not two blocks, one block. Just give them away. Yeah, yes. Love, joy, peace, uh, forbearance. Emma, kindness. Paul. Go and give one block. You can't give one person two blocks. Give them one block. Sharon, you would be kindness, did I say? Uh, Goodness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Dave, gentleness. Come on, gentleness. And Laurie, self-control. So just give them away. Go Go and give a block to someone you don't even know. Give a block to somebody. All right. Thank you, Lord. Once everyone's got a block, you guys can come back and sit down in your seats. That'll be good. All right. So I want you to to imagine for a moment that the nine people who went out amongst you represent us as a congregation. So those nine fruits of the Spirit, at least, uh, the very least, one of those, but let's say multiple of those fruits are growing in each of our lives. And so when we go out and do what we do when we're not here in church on a Sunday morning and interact with people, it's my contention that we, we give away the fruit of the Spirit, we actually hand off the love of God, the peace, the peace of God, the joy of God. We actually engage with people and demonstrate patience. What we're doing is, in a sense, sowing those seeds into the lives of the people that we interact with. So then what do we do? Well, as a church, we pray. So we're going to pray. This, is, this can seem like practicing because it's an analogy, but the reality is that it's, it's, it's never practiced prayer. It's always real. So I want to pray that right now you'd get a revelation about what we've just done. And that you have the ability to put a block into someone's hands this week. You've got the ability to impart the gift of God, the fruit of the Spirit that's in you, to somebody this week. And we're going to pray for you to have success in delivering the package. Okay? So let me pray. Heavenly Father, we do pray that as each of us has received a Lego block this morning, that you'd help us by your Spirit to get a revelation on the inside of and a vision of seeing a conversation, an interaction, a moment of exchanging a gift, dealing with an issue with somebody. Lord, that whatever the context is, today we're claiming, Father, that this week we will have a moment to impart, to give away, to put in someone else's life the seed of the fruit that's in our life. And Lord, we pray beyond that, that that seed would be watered, It would have sunshine on it, it would have optimal conditions to grow, and that the person that I give that seed to would be either already on, but increasingly on the journey of coming to you. We pray, Lord, that the fruit, good fruit from the Heavenly Father, growing in the people that we have invested in, would come to the point of harvest in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Alrighty. So we've been out. The Bible says to go. So we just sent some people to go. And now we're all sitting out in the community with little bits of the kingdom of God in some people in seed form. Sitting in lives. So what do we do? We pray. And we pray. And we pray that those things would grow. The word of God would become a real point of revelation. Now, we're going to uh, contract the timeline. This could take 10, 15, 20, 30 years to happen in real time. But we're going to contract it down to a few moments in a meeting. I'm going to ask you, if you don't want to come, don't. But I want, if you got given a Lego block, and I know all of you have, I want you minute for a minute to imagine that it's the day of harvest. It's the day of bringing them in to the house of God. And so I want you to get out of your seat, and come down the front with your Lego block. And Julie's going to represent Jesus for a moment. You're going to give the block, or she's going to help you put the block on that block. In other words, you're going to be um, knitted into the fabric of our church. So come, out of your seat, bring your Lego block. It's going to take a few, it's a little bit chaotic, but we're going to build. And we need to, yep, we need to make sure that the construction is... Got some locking blocks on it. Okay. There are some people in our midst that have got multiple blocks. They are the evangelists. Okay, they're bringing in the crowds. Okay, this is a little slow, but just remember, this analogy could be 10 or 15 years in the making. This could be 20 years in the making. This could be someone you've been praying for for 15 years. And today's the day they bring that block, them, themselves, into the house of God. It's the moment where you get to pray for your friend and they get saved. It's the moment when you you see their life being changed by the gospel. Come on, that's the way. Blocked on. Way to go. You're very patient back there. But maybe that's even able to help you think about this process is not simple that doesn't happen in a hurry but it is what God wants to happen that's it, Julie's directing where these blocks are going, it's very important for you to understand that okay need them in very good on, in, connected we're doing well so if you've gone back to your seat, I want you to let the analogy keep working for you. I want you to pray for these guys that are standing up here. Pray for them. Pray for our friends coming. Maybe you've got friends that are waiting to be invited. Beautiful. So our church is growing because we've prayed and because we went. Like you'll notice that the Lego blocks had to be given away before they could be brought and they come because they represent people they come as people people that are dear to God do you know um, as we've brought those blocks out we can well I'll speak for myself I think for me processing the combination of who came when to a large extent looks like just random random like um, you just got out of your seat when it felt like the right time and you got into the queue and you were standing in front of someone or behind somebody else. And that can appear completely random. But I've got a revelation that God's way bigger than that. And the complexity of that's not random at all for God. So every one of these pieces in this wall is put in there according to his plan and purpose. So where you were in the queue isn't kind of like, well, that's just where I ended up. Is it possible that God's big enough to go, that's not just where you ended up, that's where I wanted you to be. I saw you in that queue before you even got out of bed this morning. I saw you in that queue before you even breathed one breath of life. I knew exactly when you were going to bring that that harvest into my house. Like, it's phenomenal. What I love about this Lego block wall, however, is this, because Unlike a brick wall with mortar in it, you can get a tool out and, and smash all the mortar out around a brick in a brick wall and remove that brick without destroying the wall. Lego blocks are perfect showing. If you're in the house of God and you're this brown block here and you want to move over there to do something else with somebody else, it's not possible to get you out of that spot without wrecking or pulling the wall apart. And we live in such an individualistic world that we delude ourselves to thinking my choice to do what I want when I want to do it hasn't got any repercussions. It's never true in the kingdom of God. There are always repercussions to our personal choices. This chapter is so much about self-interest. Self-interest goes, it's my choice and I'll do it. If I want to leave the church, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do something else, can't I do that? Well, have you actually asked God to show you what you will disrupt by wanting to make your choice? All good that you want to make a choice, but have you considered seriously the ramifications of that choice? That's not to say that there aren't moments when God will actually move people because he wants to, and then the pulling apart of the wall is orderly because he's, he's doing something. That's not the same as you and me going, I want to change. God's sovereign and he can rearrange the furniture as he wishes and the minimum amount of disruption. Now, David Averbe, one of our church members, he's a a quirky thinker. And in the first service, he got to us, he said, do you want to know something interesting? He says, I was Googling something back there when you had that message and that demonstration. I thought, "You dirty rat, what are you doing? (laughs) No, I'm only joking, I didn't think that. Um, He said, do you know that if you just take, he sent me this little thing, just six of these, Six of these eight studded blocks, let me show you what that is, six of these, just six of those, this is just to talk, help you think about the randomness of God. It's not random, it's totally planned. A mathematician has proven that there are 915,103,765 ways to combine these six blocks. hundred and nine million different ways to assemble them. Just six blocks. And here we are, eighty people, thinking, whoa, a little bit freaky. No, no, no. God has got a plan. Yes. Hey? I like it when somebody gives me little pieces of random info like that. That's like that's a wow factor, right? Hundred and nine million. What's the story if there's thousands of blocks? It goes up incredibly. So let me just put our, our church back together. <laughs> I'm the pastor, I'm okay. Here we go, that little church. So I want you to use that as a vision, uh, visionary moment to see that we went out, we prayed for the harvest, and we contracted the timeline but let's just get our heads around the fact that it'll be years but eventually God calls people in and builds them into his church I think I've already read this scripture but in fact it is God has placed the parts in the body every one of them just as he wanted them to be so an encouragement to you would be if you're feeling like I want to change something why don't you ask God am I where I'm supposed to be and if you're not then change I've got no problem with that But sometimes, oftentimes, we're actually wrestling in this spot with this other stuff, the flesh, the self-interest stuff, and staying put's the thing to do. Staying connected where we are connected. Staying in the connect group that you're in is the right thing to do. But what we are going to do, and this is one of the ways that we do this when the way God wants it, just to represent what I talked about before, we are going to have to see a slab of our church break off, so to speak, and head off down the hill towards Parkside. Now Simon and Georgia are very aware of the fact that they're going to be used by the Lord to grow their own group of people down there. But in order for that to flourish, we've got to get behind it. And so this, this block of blocks represents somebody here this morning hearing that news might go, God's already spoken to me about that, I'm so excited, I want to connect in. That's where I think I'm supposed to contribute into the future. And so we're fully fully aware that this will have an impact on us here in the Harndorf congregation. It might mean a downturn in numbers for a bit. It might mean going back to one service at 10 o'clock for the next few years just to rebuild momentum. But we're prepared to pay the price in order to expand. And God will bring the increase. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. Uh, I'm sort of packing it, but I'm excited. It's like... You know, that weird feeling of excitement and trepidation all at once, wrapped up in life, it's just called life. Why don't we stand to our feet, we'll wrap up with this. So I wonder if um, you've thought about the fruit that's growing in your life and how much of it you consciously impart to other people from the perspective of, I want it to build community. I want it to build my connect group, I want it to build our music team, I want it to build the children's department or the youth area. I want that fruit in my life to be able to be used to grow C3 Parkside, if that's what we end up calling it. We we want to um, just do what it is that God's got for us to do. So let me pray with you and for you. Father, we thank you this morning that as we have shared some vision about the days ahead for our church, that we are going to find ourselves increasingly operating in multiple locations. And Lord, there's a whole bunch of variables in that, from our point of view, that are complex and going to take time and effort and money to resolve. Yeah, Lord, we are absolutely conscious that those complexities are not complex for you. And we pray, Father, that you'd guide each one of us to listen to the voice of the Spirit. And Lord, that we'd be confident that as we prayerfully launch out into this next year, that there would be amazing fruit. The harvest would indeed come, both here and down there. Lord, the harvest would indeed happen further afield in Fiji and in Europe and other places where you lead us as a church to go. And Father, that the the 10,000 reasons we mentioned a few years back, Lord, hasn't disappeared. It's not gone anywhere. Lord, there's 10,000 reasons for us to be believing this stuff together and more people who need to come to Jesus. So Lord, I pray right now by your spirit, you'd breathe on us with a fresh sense of desire to see your kingdom come your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 5 says this you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices Acceptable to God Through Jesus Christ When we build a house with bricks There's very few bricks of the wrong shape Wrong size, a few defective ones But when you build a brick wall I mean a block wall, a rock wall, a stone wall You've got to muck around with the gaps Not every stone fits into the right Like that's too big, that's too small It's got bits on it that need to be knocked off, whatever just let the analogy that Peter writes here just help us to understand that it can sometimes take time to fit. Sometimes there's stonework done on us before we put in the wall. There's stonework to do on your friends who haven't said yes to coming to a connect group, who haven't said yes to coming to the Chris Kindle Mark, who haven't said yes to anything. Well, maybe it's because your prayers are causing God to knock things off their life and they're getting ready to fit. So I want to encourage you, don't give up praying for your friends. Don't give up at all. Let's keep building the house of God. Maybe you're here this morning, today, just to finish up with this thought. Maybe a block, maybe a seed got sown in your life at some point. You didn't even realize it had been put in your life, but somebody did. Someone's been praying for you. Somebody was sharing their faith. They shared the joy of the Lord or they shared something of the Spirit of God. And it's so to seed into you that today you're aware that it's actually harvest day. It's actually grown in you. And as we've shared this message, there's become a, a sense in which you understand something. I'm actually ready to be built into his house. I want to become part of his work on earth. So we give our hearts to Jesus. We become a Christian. We, we lay down our flesh and pick up the life of the Spirit. If you're here this morning and you know, and you will know, God's just got the ability to convict our heart, you'll know that it's the right time for you to say yes to Jesus. We can pray a prayer together where you invite Christ to come into your life. The Bible talks about us believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth, becoming saved, that is, saved from our flesh, to become a person, a man or a woman of the Spirit. If that's you, you've never prayed a prayer that you're aware of, but you're going to in a minute to invite Christ into your life, we'd love to pray with you this morning. And I need you to stick your hand up and say, that's me, Pastor Bruce. I actually know that it's the day for me to come. Didn't understand that, but I do right now. And I want to come to him today. If that's you, give me a little bit of an indication. Hand up would be perfect. So he, that's me, Bruce. Father, we thank you then this morning for being with us. I pray, Lord, this week that we'd have success. As we go, guide and direct every conversation we have in the contexts we find ourselves in this week in Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Come on, let the go to the clap offering the end this morning. Was fantastic, <laughs> beautiful. If you've got any specific prayer needs that we um, need to attend to before you go home today, front of church is open for prayer at the end. There's coffee to be had outside. Go and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. God bless you guys. We'll see you here next week.